And welcome to another episode of Who Gives a Hoot. I'm Ryan Legrand. Uh, we are Sans Luke Offerman today. He's getting on a, an aeroplane tomorrow. So uh, I am joined, as usual, by my very good friend, Ben Turner. Oh, that's so kind. Hi, Ryan. How are you, buddy? I'm, uh, I am uh, almost through it. Let's just leave it at that. I'm almost through it. Almost through <laughs> it. I like it. Um, teased on twitter today that we had a couple special guest hosts uh you both everybody the listeners who listen to our uh season preview pod got to hear these guys uh on that but hopefully they've also been subscribing and reading our various blog posts uh so uh first uh i'm gonna introduce jr john how are you i'm i'm okay i'm not as well now that i Missed the tweet that I'm a special guest. I'm very sorry to those of you listening that were hoping for somebody better. <laughs> um, I teased it so that people would download this episode, so we at least get the download. So, <laughs> oh, metrics uh, are all that matter. You see, yeah, that's that's yeah. our analyst, Jr. Uh, and we're also joined by Rich, who does our uh, our pre and post game uh, breakdowns of of the matches and a few other things for us. How you doing, Rich? I'm doing good. It's good to be back on the show. Missed you guys. Ah, I don't yeah, know. I don't know how old. Uh, I don't know how old you are, Rich. But this is clearly the senior uh, team. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I may be yeah. the only person on this pod right now. Yeah, I can figure out our own ages later. But yeah, that would be my guess. That would be my guess too, which uh, has really. Um, I drank my hot tea earlier, so I'm in full grandpa mode. Oh, I did too. Yeah, you think... Nice. Uh, ginger tea. How about you, Jr.? Uh, okay. Egyptian licorice. Oh, my God. Oh. That sounds delicious. You guys would think that the under 30s would be able to make it up till 9 o'clock on a Thursday night. but <laughs> I mean, to be Here fair, we, we only have one under 30 that ever joins this pod, and that's Riley. So, <laughs> Yeah, fair um, enough. All right, so uh, a little bit about our uh, our format, just so the the listeners know what we're going to do. We are going to do our usual talk a little bit about news, and then uh, we're pretty much just going to run through a playoff preview where I am going to uh, throw various questions and things out there and let these guys kind of talk about some stuff. And then I also gave each of them an assignment, which was to get ready to talk about one of the potential playoff uh, semifinal opponents we could have. And so we'll uh, we'll get to that here in a little bit. So uh, let's kick it off with the news. We, uh, as I tweeted out, and I'm sure everybody else agrees, uh, not a, a surprise at all. But we have the Golden Glove winner, Rashid Nuhu. Woo! Uh, woo! What do you guys think about that? Uh, was it a surprise to anybody at all? <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> Good. I hope not. Oh, we just lost Jr. Hopefully he comes back. Um, yeah, it, it shouldn't be a surprise, right? I mean, outside of I think his average went from like a point six seven to like a point seven five. There wasn't much there to worry about, really. Yeah, I mean Fitzgerald out of Richmond had ten clean sheets, but Rasheed Nuhu was just so dominant and consistent throughout the entire season. So I mean, he's the worthy recipient of the Golden Glove. So. So here's a Miles here's a question. Oh, yeah, Miles. Miles agrees. I love it. Um, yeah. So I I read they 
this is how our league, I don't know, a league with 12 teams and they like to make things as complicated as possible. But It's because uh, the mathematician only works on Tuesdays yeah. and uh, <laughs> they want to make sure that person has as much work as possible. Love it. Um, I find it odd that they – they award a Golden Glove winner, but then in, in the same uh, – they award the Golden Glove winner, but in the same article, they then uh, say that they are going to have a goalkeeper of the year. Would <laughs> those two things not be the same? Well, I think it, one, allows them to give out more awards, which, of course, they love. And then, two, it just allows them to continue to disrespect Omaha. Yeah, so going with what Rich said about Fitzgerald uh, – could it be a could goalkeeper of the year be an award they give to Akira Fitzgerald because of his clean sheet record? Well, and and I think like let's let's say this. I think on the average, you're going to see more spectacular saves from a guy like Akira Fitzgerald, who's on the shorter side, than you are from a guy like uh, Rashid, who is tall and is behind the best defense in the league. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think there's an argument to be made for Fitzgerald uh, for goalkeeper of the year because, I mean, he did have 88 saves, uh, which was top of the league. But at the same time, just what Ben was saying, I mean, it's you also have to factor in the defense that's in front of him uh, because Rasheed knew who only had 44 saves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm, One save for every goal the team scored. Yeah, there you go. So if you're looking at the attempts that were made on goal, I would still pick Rashid Nuhu. Well, so Rashid also could, I mean, I believe that the Dallas J, the year, the two years previous that he's won golden glove. I think he also won best goalkeeper, yep. but Rashid kind of falls in the same problem. It's a good problem to have, which is you look really good as a goalkeeper when you have the best defense in the league in front of you. And, you know, that, that was Dallas J for, quite a while uh those first two seasons was you have the be- he had the best defense in front of him so it didn't matter um all right let's uh oh i got on. i got just a little i got i got just i pulled up some stats here to just talk about this as well so uh yeah kevin pedrahita um started four games as we discussed um he gave up four goals one goal each game uh the team scored seven goals in front of him, uh, but he only won one game and he drew three. But I think, you know, that's – we average less than one goal a game. He gave up one goal a game. You know, obviously, slight advantage to Rashid, but, you know, I, I think it speaks as powerfully to our defense as anything. Yeah. Again, nothing nothing uh, behind, away from Rashid. Like, you know, you a great goalkeeper compliments a great team. Yeah. I hey also guys, don't know that – yeah, we got Yes, we can, JR. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, I'm on my no, you're phone. Fine, I man. sound different. No, you, you sound good. You're good. Um, I I guess part of it, too, is if if for some reason we don't have Rashid next season and Kevin's back for some reason, his his, uh, his goal against isn't bad either. So it's not going to – I mean, we would see, obviously, an uptick in goals if he gave up a goal a game, but it's not going to be – uh, it's not like it's not like when Kevin started, we gave up like you know three goals a game or anything. So yeah, no, absolutely. Um, all right, so we also have uh, two nominees for Player of the Month uh, in there. Um, I think 
I don't remember who said it on Discord, but they said, so did the league put, was it Tim? Okay. Yeah. He said, uh, did the league put two players, uh, two uh, Union Omaha players in player of the month so that it splits our, uh, it splits our votes and then neither of them win. (laughs) Um, I I do like that Devin and Evan are having fun with it and uh, writing very kind things about each other and then saying that you should vote for them anyway, like themselves. Um, So um, yeah, so Evan Conway, Devin Boyce, both up for Player of the Month. Uh, I assume you guys voted. Who'd you vote for, or who would you vote for? Yeah, what team are you on? I, I want to be known. I'm not sure. Hashtag Team Evan. So it, I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit right now. I don't always vote in the Twitter polls. Um, I just think it's a testament that, well. Devin came through for us in a pinch when Evan was hurt. Mm-hmm. Just how much more valuable he is when he gets to play at midfield and make connections to Evan Conway. And for those of you that didn't realize that those two were best friends, you you now realize it. <laughs> yeah, yeah so way, he, had, uh, he had uh, he being um, Devin had five assists and uh, one goal in the month. Mm-hmm. Which is, is very impressive. <laughs> yeah, it's just hard when the guy that you're going against, which also happens to be your best friend, as JR pointed out, also scored two hat tricks and scored seven total goals. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, two hat tricks in a month is insane for any league, but yeah. it's just, I mean, especially for yeah, a guy yeah, who's yeah. fresh off injury. So, And you guys know I'm always, I'm always partial to assists, but let's be serious, it's League One, so goals matter most. Yeah, both the players have pretty incredible stats. And so looking at them and trying to compare them is like Sophie's choice. <laughs> this also proves how old we all are on this. Yes, it does. We all got that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I obviously everybody vote the way you want to. Hopefully one of those guys gets it. I think player of the month is one of those um, votes that the the fan vote is only a certain percentage of it, and then they also do their experts and stuff. So, yeah, it, I, think the, I think the league scrapped the total fan vote for everything now. I think it's all in the aggregate in some way. Right, exactly. Well, they they did that a lot, uh, about midway through the season when they stopped showing us the actual percentages so people could, you know, pile the votes on. Um all right, so the next p- bit of news oh, that I have we, to we're Also, we have two oh. players up for goal of the month. I was just about to mention that, too. Oh, did we? I missed that. Okay, go for it. Well, uh, Evan Conway's goal. I think, oh. uh, Rich, which one is it? Um, it is... Um, the goal against Tormenta. Well, that's one of the hat tricks. Uh, the one from way outside the box from the middle of the field. Oh yeah, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, I I think it has to be Toby's goal though because Toby's oh, the gosh. other one, and like it has to be that one because yeah. uh, I mean that one you know won us the league. Yeah, absolutely. Was that our first goal ever directly from a set piece? I mean, the fact that you think it is tells me that it probably is. I can't I, remember. I I do remember we had like two chalked off. I think we scored off set pieces. I don't know if we scored off a direct free kick. Yeah, yes, I think I don't. I don't think we have I, either. I think no, you're yeah, right. yeah, it's never been a direct free kick. It's all yeah. I I believe it's always been 
if it's been off a set piece, it's been uh, like an assist from the free kick that somebody else then scores. Yeah. And I love the guys. I'm going to give a shout out to the guys uh, that were behind the goal. I think it was the Union Army who had the uh, the videos they posted on Twitter of Toby's goal. I oh, mean, everybody. Was... Yeah, it was. I think they had some. Marty. Uh, Marty, <laughs> Marty had, had one. Some. Yeah. Um, Peter was standing right next to Marty when he got his. He got that video, so that was good. And then uh, there was another person. Um, it actually might be Nicole. Um, her her son is the little Johnny Russell. She's sang the national anthem a couple different times. Oh, okay. Um, she, I think she got another angle from a different part. But I mean, still behind the goal, but just from the other side of the uh, more more down the not towards. I'm gonna sound like the baseball person, not towards home plate, but the opposite way, um, <laughs> the other corner. But yeah, so no, yeah, yeah there's like four or five different really good angles from behind the goal of that free kick it was amazing yeah it was uh i just remember the ball like seeming to not move and then like the net rippling and like realizing what happened is just what an incredible moment yep yeah i uh, i actually i'm gonna fully admit i was in the midst of i, I was pulling a ben and i was in the midst of a conversation with somebody <laughs> And uh, realized the ball went in, so I ended up watching Marty's uh, video because he posted it pretty quick afterwards, and then uh, showing the person that I was talking to what we missed. So yeah, fair enough. Before before he went to the locker room, yes, before before that happened. All right, Ben, now's your time. All right. So I just uh, I inserted this uh, some news from around the league today. Uh, head coach, former head coach of uh, Ford Madison, and. Uh, pretend airplane human being um carl craig was uh relieved of his duties today which uh brought my post-game prediction uh to madison uh into 100 compliance so i as someone who has lost a job uh understand how hurtful wishing someone to lose a job is so in the heat of the moment i, I said a very hurtful thing deliberately uh as loud as i could uh, to the Madison players, which was have fun finishing in ninth and losing your jobs. And uh, they finished in ninth place. Thank you, Tucson. And uh, the job losses have started. And uh, Connor Tobin definitely heard me because he looked very angry. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it's too bad that those post-game comments did not motivate them to uh, win their next match and continue their efforts to try and make the postseason. I mean, I, I think what we learned is that the only, the most motivating thing for Madison is the commentary of this podcast. It's more motivating than winning the Eddie Darby. It's more motivating than making the playoffs. It's probably the only thing that matters. To them. Yeah, so much bulletin board material here, man. I don't know what they're going to do next year. <laughs> well, I'm pretty well, sure uh, almost none of them will actually be there to remember this. So, Yeah, it'll be perfect. So that's the beauty yeah. of League One. Um, exactly. So uh, with with what Ben just brought up, uh, with Madison finishing uh, in ninth, they obviously didn't make the playoffs. So uh, playoffs are set. They start on Saturday. Uh, real quick, if if you're re- living under a rock, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already understand the top six. But quick rundown of the top six. Uh, we finished first place, Union Omaha, Greenville in second, uh, Chattanooga third. Tucson jumped all the way from seventh to fourth, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, Richmond in fifth, and 
only one two team making the playoff, but not New England. It was North Texas. Um, yep. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface my first question with this: We did a, in our league prediction show. We uh, all did a uh, a survey that Ben had put out, and we ended up with our top six. We had all six of these teams in the top six, just in a slightly different order. We had Omaha and Greenville one two. Uh, and then we had Richmond three, North Texas four, Tucson five, Chattanooga six. So, how surprised were in, any of you uh, with how the top six landed? I'm going to start with Jr. Um, I mean, using the preseason as our starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, the order a little bit. I did not expect North Texas to basically need the entire season to get into the playoffs, uh, even though they clinched before decision day, still winding up finishing sixth in the table. Um, and I would have easily, you could have swapped to me in my eyes, Richmond and chat. I thought Chattanooga had the chance to be really good, but Richmond just seemed to be building towards a better season and Chattanooga brought in quite a few new players, obviously with the new coach and, um, for the most part, that's where, from, the, from a preseason sense, that's where I was most surprised. Okay. Rich, what do you think? For me, I was most surprised with uh, Chattanooga, just like John. Um, I had them uh, being a lot farther down in the table. So for them to finish in third was pretty surprising for me. And I also disrespect. Had, I know you did not have them as did not have them as far down as Ben, who ruined that. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for mentioning that, Jr. I was uh, bring it up myself. <laughs> uh, I had them in eleventh. Yeah, Ben had them in eleventh. That was because they didn't have. Remind 11th. me, Ben, was that just salt, or was that you were rearranging and you forgot they were at eleven? No, I thought uh, – I mean, they got rid of their two best players. They brought in a bunch of players that I'd never heard of. Uh, I didn't really believe in their coach at all um, based on his results at the end of last year. I mean, I, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't pure salt. Like, it was, it was like I, I really think this team was going to be very bad. They gave up Greg Hurst and, you know, Connor Doyle. Like, so you made brought that in like before a- or after – North Carolina basically told the league that they were going to be a super high school team. Uh, I think, I think I still had North Carolina. Well, yeah, I think we, we oh, knew pretty early on North Carolina. I'm pulling this up. But I, mean, yeah, I, I know I'm pretty sure early on we knew North Carolina was going to have a, a nothing like, you know, they were basically going to be an Academy team. Um, uh, no, I apparently picked North Carolina seven. So, wow, yeah. Ben was on one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I picked uh, I picked Madison in uh, ninth, though. Nailed it. <laughs> Which is what I said about in our outline about Omaha and Greenville. Nailed it. Nailed it again. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would say the. With preseason, the way that the top six ended, it's not completely surprising. I think as the season played on, seeing uh, how everything shook out in those last couple of weeks is probably what surprised me more than anything. It seemed like a month ago we were going to have a completely different two team in in this top six with the way New England was playing, and um, 
you know, North Texas needing, what was it, like 14 points to even make it in. So it was it was crazy how many points they even needed to, to make the top six and how many things had to go their way. Uh, you know, Greenville looked destined for that third spot. And then especially with what Chattanooga needed just to lock up second place and they couldn't get. So it was just – that part probably surprised me more than just who was in the top six more than anything. I mean – North Texas last year finished third, right? That's where they ended up after yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah, they did. Let's, let's be honest. If the season's a couple weeks longer, they they probably jump us. Yeah, they were, I mean, they, they were red hot. Yeah, they were on a roll. Yeah, they were flying. And if we would have had a normal season, they would have easily been, you know, second or third, getting a, a home game for sure, no matter what. So, their first match. So, uh, as we're sitting with this top six, uh, Omaha and Greenville get first round buys. Chattanooga hosts North Texas, uh, three versus six seed. Tucson will host Richmond. Um, so what that means for us is Union Omaha will face the lowest remaining seed in the semifinal. Greenville gets the next highest. Um, and then whoever's left, the highest remaining seed hosts the final. Obviously, if Omaha wins the semifinal, that means we get the final here uh, at Warner Park. All right, so um, I want to start with just some general first-round matchup talk. Uh, let's start with the, the Chattanooga-North Texas match. It's going to be 6 o'clock uh, on Saturday on ESPN+. Plus. Um, I'm actually going to jump to my third question first because JR, uh, we released your your preview today on the the blog. Uh, we're recording on Thursday. Um, so, how does it feel knowing that we essentially have an idea of who our opponent could be after and not you know not having both games played at the same time? Once this game's over, we have a pretty good idea of what we're going to see. What do you guys think? Well, we're not, we're not, we won't we won't necessarily because if Chattanooga wins, then we'll just have to wait another. Three, two and a half, three hours to figure True. out who we play out of Tucson, Richmond. But uh, having said that, I I don't think we're going to have to wait. I think North Texas is going to win this game. You yeah. you could not have any more of a um, of a higher of, of a of a better seated team on a downward trajectory facing a team that is on an upward trajectory with a worse seed and suddenly have an even matchup where you're not supposed to. Yeah, it's not like North Texas limped into these playoffs. Oh, no. Not no, they looked uh, – They looked. I noticed that exactly zero of this podcast is covering our game against them. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's – One, <laughs> that game was inconsequential in the long run for us. Um, but two, it took the a, a penalty kick in the what was it ninety second minute for us to win or to draw uh, that. So a beautiful, a beautiful bit of graft from John Murphy Jr. Yep. Yes. Um. Well, Ben, what what do you think uh, about the 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 idea of this? Is why Luke never calls it match day; he calls it game day because they never actually hold these things at the exact same time yeah so you know i i've been i i'm actually glad i got asked this question i have a i have some feelings on this because you know I, I think there was a lot of conversation on uh saturday about how like everything is staggered mm-hmm. but i i think we're we're third division soccer in america and and that means the the in-game fan experience comes first 
And I, I think that means I like the teams telling the league when they're playing games, not the league telling teams when they're playing games, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, a bunch of nice people in Chattanooga and a bunch of nice people in Tucson are going to go have to fill their stadiums on one week notice. And you got to let them, you got to let them pick when that game, right? And you can't, you can't say, Hey, everybody's playing. And because the league is uh, so small, two different game times means there's more visibility for your game, right? Like you have more eyeballs on each game. Uh, and like, instead of us flipping back and forth between games, we're able to watch both of them, right? And so like, okay, so you're talking about some of that. So you're talking Go about ahead, staggering, you're talking about staggering games for the purpose of the playoffs and not for decision day like we had last week. I'm, I'm for, I'm, I'm fine staggering on decision day and I'm even more fine staggering on playoffs. I agree with you with the playoffs. That's especially when it's there's only two games. Having yeah. only two games in your playoff and playing them at the same time kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Even the NFL doesn't do that. No, I agree. Yeah, it's just I mean, decision day, it's just one of those I think after decision day again, I mean, another I don't think last year even we had a team or a, a, a setup where everything was played at the same time and it it just feels odd to have teams, you know, have but I think that's, games. I think that's your uh, Euro pretension squeaking through. I'm fine with that. You can, that's, I can be pretentious <laughs> about that. I'm Last year's was kind of a perfect storm, though, because we needed, we needed Chattanooga to beat Richmond, but the game kicked off only an hour before ours, not two. So right. we all started filing into the stadium at halftime of that game to get ready for ours learning during our game that, oh, suddenly the game matters. And North Texas fans, if I, I forget if they had fans or not last year. Um, Jury's out, unknown. Would, would have been doing the same thing because I think their game kicked off a half hour after ours did. And if we didn't clinch right. a spot in the final last year, then they would have been in the same boat we were. It was kind of a perfect storm that just accidentally happened. Yeah, I remember being in the stands and I had the – the the game going on my phone while I was watching the Union Omaha game and there were people all around me constantly updating each other that's why that's why Ryan I'm going to support you I'm going to go with the Euro snob stuff and I like it when they're played at the same time I don't mind if they're staggered in the playoffs but if it's on decision day I like it at the same time don't think it works with four time zones no yeah it's tough I mean don't get me wrong but um, all right, so JR believes we are going to know who our opponent is before the next, the other match kicks off. Um, what were your guys' thoughts on on Chattanooga? Fall, Rich, I'm going to start with you. Following to the three seed, they they seemed to at one point they looked almost like they could even lock up the one seed on us. Then um, they started to stumble a little bit. Then they really fell, and they, you know, I I say falling to the three seed, but that does become kind of a problem when you get that extra game in there yeah they were really hot going down the stretch uh, especially you know uh, going right up into um, September uh, when they lost to Greenville on September 11th I think that was a big hit for them 
Um, even though they won the next week against North Carolina FC three to one, they still came back and lost the next two uh, New England Revolution at home one zero, and then uh, on the road at Richmond one zero, and then they came right back to North Carolina and only beat them three to two. So I mean, they really started to stumble down the end. Um, so I'm, I was genuinely surprised that they they dropped down to three because, like you were alluding to, I thought they were going to lock in uh, the number two seat if they didn't uh, manage to jump past Union Omaha there at the end. Yeah, I I think we we had a lot of podcasts where we were talking. Well, you know, okay, Omaha and Chattanooga will be one two. So who do we want to see at three and? You know, obviously that that all became a moot point when this all happened. Um, I think we talked a little bit about about North Texas making it in. I think we all agree they're on a pretty hot streak right now. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm, we're going to go to uh, to score predictions. Before we do that, I'm just going to throw this out here. They've played four times this year. Chattanooga's won one nil. They've drawn one one twice, and then. Chattanooga beat them again 1-0. Um, so, so far in this entire series this year, they've had four games and it's been four goals and two, essentially, through those games. So, uh, Ben, what do you have for a score prediction on this matchup? He has nothing. I, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Uh, can you guys hear me? I'm here. Yeah, I can get you now. Yeah. All right. Good. Good. No, I was, I was taking a big deep breath. Uh, let's go three to two. Oh. With a late Chattanooga winner, ninety plus Whoa. minutes. Throwback. Throwback for one night only to the <laughs> form that got them there. Wow. Yeah. Right. That's that's a take. I mean, I. It, I think I, I mean we could have a long conversation, and and I think we should if they win this game about whether or not Chattanooga was actually good or not this year, because that is like probably the most interesting question in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, because even that run that they were on that Rich was talking about, there was a lot of those very late game winners where they were winning one nil, two one, that type of stuff. It it looked like they were very lucky, as mentioned in the the playoff preview column, all the their underlying fundamental XG numbers are very strong. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it all, they also look like a team that ran out of luck. Like it, it's, it's anyway, we don't need to talk about it now because uh, my guess is I'm the only one picking up in this game. Uh, JR, what do you got? Uh, so the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking if any game is going to go nil-nil to penalties, it's this one. I mean, you never count out the Chaos Kings of North Texas. And and that could – I mean, that could be advantage Chattanooga because we, we forget that there was a five, six-week stretch where Tim Trilk was stopping everything. And um, I, think, I, think that, I think his teammates in front of him have been letting him down a little bit lately. So – it's why okay, I'm gonna go back. It's I don't I'm not gonna say nil nil. I'm gonna say one nil North Texas. I don't know if the goal's in the first half or the second half. Um I'd be more inclined to say the first half. It's we seem to have a lot of games where Chattanooga's behind early and they're either just 
peppering the frame with shots either to clock get a, to like to get a goal, pull a loss into a draw, or get a goal, turn a draw into a win. Um, mm-hmm. And that hasn't worked in the last month, and I don't think it works for him this weekend either. All right, so we got Ben thinks 3-2 Chattanooga. JR's got 1-0 North Texas. Rich, what do you got? I am going to go with North Texas 2-1. Chattanooga is very good at home. They've only lost twice this season. Um, And they didn't lose a single game at home until uh, late September. But I think it's going to be pretty dramatic. I think Chattanooga is going to score first. And then uh, I think obviously North Texas will win or to score the next two goals. But I think, actually, no, I'm going to change my opinion. I'm going to say 2-1 North Texas. But North Texas is going to score both of their goals uh, in the first half. And just like you, they've been doing so far this season where they start to to lax a little bit right before the final whistle, uh, Chattanooga is going to get one goal. Watch out, for, hey, hey. Watch, out yeah. for, watch out for Chattanooga to try and – control the physicality of this game early yes. i mentioned this mm-hmm. in the blog if, you, if you're listening you've already read it that um there have been 19 cards in four matches this season between these two teams and while chattanooga were second in the league in bookings it was actually north texas that had more bookings against them 12 to 7 so it's i just think you know we all know chattanooga is a very physical team i think in their matches this year against North Texas, they just got into their skin. Look for them to do that again this weekend early. Yep. Well, and hey, uh, from experience, it doesn't take a whole lot to get under North Texas's skin and cause things like red cards to happen. So, yep. What were we going to say, Ben? Sorry. Oh, I was just going to ask uh, JR where we could find that article that he wrote. Um, at WGAHmedia.com. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Luke's not Luke's not around to do this bit, so uh, yeah. <laughs> so somebody had to. Um, all right, I'm gonna say uh, I think it's going to be uh, two to one Chattanooga, but I think that Chattanooga actually scores their game winner in extra time. Uh, I think it's gonna be one one after ninety, and they're gonna have to play the extra time, uh, the extra thirty minutes. So I think Chattanooga is gonna actually get one sometime during that extra thirty minutes. Um, no, I think it's I, I think it's going to be one of those we think it's going to go to penalties and Chattanooga is going to get some cheap goal and win this thing. It's interesting that you bring up the extra time because I I thought that with the USL League One, we just went straight after the ninety minutes straight uh, into the dribble up PKs. <laughs> that would be we did that. <laughs> That would be so great. We may, oh, we may not be we may, we may not be the biggest bestest league, but we certainly don't do that. <laughs> For the but fans that are listening, we certainly do not do that in USL League One. It would be amazing if we did though. That did that did happen at one point in a major league in this country though. Um all right. Uh, well, let's, let's talk about the other matchup. So then uh, Tucson is hosting Richmond at 9 p.m. our time on ESPN+. Plus. Um, all right. So uh, anybody can go. Thoughts on uh, on this switch up? So Tucson was 
going into that final weekend, I believe right around sixth, seventh place, and with some results jumped to four, the four seed with Richmond then ended up falling to that five seed. So what were you guys' thoughts on how those positions finish out? Uh, having sent them uh, popcorn for beating Madison and not having had a photo of it, I was desperately rooting for Tucson to win so we could make that post. Well, don't forget, if it's not from Nick Firmino, they're instead going to North Texas. Yep. Yeah. And and John Murphy for winning, like, the most textbook penalty of all time. Yeah. No, for, no doubt there. I, I am just really excited. Just as a side excited. note, were, were you ahead, guys man. stunned when Dami didn't take the penalty? Uh, I don't know. I mean, no. if – if it's if it's confirmed that when Greg took the penalty against Madison that essentially he's now the taker, if I don't know if you want to go back and forth with the guy after he takes a penalty and then suddenly when he's on the field he's not the penalty taker. Uh, I mean I've I've never played competitive soccer so I I could be saying I I could be lying right now. Uh, I think that's I think that's fair. I yeah. was just surprised in that I thought. I guess I'd forgotten Greg had taken that one and had kind of just been like, well, Dami's our guy and, you know, he needs it for his defender of the year candidacy. So he should definitely take it. <laughs> yeah. As right, if he needs sorry. any more reasons to be a defender of the year. Look, I mean, every, every, every goal counts as uh, uh, Terzaghi taught us last year in the MVP race. The only stat that matters. I mean, I will say that, uh, uh, I told I said this to Luke last week. Um, you know, we I got it from a pretty reliable source that the day of that final home game was when Toby was told, Toby and Greg were told, you guys are on set piece duty tonight. So it wouldn't surprise me if things have had moved around or if Greg was supposed to be a penalty taker is not on the pitch, so Nick takes it. But I mean, it was it was well taken, so clearly they had trust in, in Nick to take it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I wasn't but, too worried. Yeah. Um, it could be a training ground thing, too. He took him well in training that week. Yeah, absolutely. Well, especially knowing that we probably were going to be playing a rotate, you know, somewhat rotated squad. That was – JR, I think you even said on our Discord that was a more uh, – a stronger lineup than a lot of us were expecting when the first lineup came out for that match, so the North Texas match. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so – what do you guys think? Do you think that now knowing that Richmond has to go from Virginia and travel to Tucson, do you think this gives Tucson somewhat of an advantage um, being the furthest West team? Absolutely. Okay. So let me just jump on this one. I think this one is going to be a very fun one to watch. If you watched last week's match, you know exactly what's going to happen again this week. I mean, these teams are going to go right at each other. They were fighting tooth and nail for every single inch of the field last week, and it was so much fun to watch. I I loved it, even though I missed most of the goals. Fair enough. I think um, so. John, you mentioned about how uh, it could get pretty physical during the other uh, quarterfinal match. I think this one's going to get even worse 
than what you're predicting for Chattanooga. Um, I think this one is going to be very card heavy. I think it's going to get, you know, the fouls are going to be dirty. Um, if you want to see some hard grinding soccer, I mean, this is the, this is the match to watch. Well, it, it, it has the potential for it because, um, well, I'll, I'll save it. I'll save, I'll save it for when I just talk about Tucson in general, because that's the team I'm mm-hmm. going to talk about in a little bit. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think, you know, I, I keep forgetting, uh, I, and I've read it. I mean, watched the game a little bit back. Uh, I read it in the USL League One uh, playoff preview um, that they did about the, these guys just playing last week. But it's it's kind of keeps slipping my mind, the fact that they literally just played each other. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, whatever maybe happened between some players during that match – that it's so easy for that to carry over to your next match when you yep. play them back to back weeks. So yeah, I mean, I could definitely see it. I, based on what we saw when they played uh, Tucson played us at Morrison, um, they those they get after it. They they are uh, not afraid to be physical and throw their weight around a little bit. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see some cards in this match. Um, all right, my third question: Richmond has a Golden Boot winner, Terzaghi. They also have Akira Fitzgerald, who, uh, outside of Rashid Nuhu, may be the best goalkeeper in this league, especially this season. Um, so why will that not help this team win in Tucson? Uh, it didn't help them win in Omaha, and it didn't help them win in Tucson last week. Fair. That's very succinct. Thank you. <laughs> So I'll defend uh, Richmond on the fact that it took Omaha, what, to the 85th minute before a goal was finally scored. So uh, I think that helps them in that regard. But as far as Terzaghi, I, I, I don't think he's going to be all that effective. I mean, mm-hmm. just like I, uh, I predicted when we were, when you knew Omaha was playing Richmond, if you put somebody on him, and follow him around the entire time, body up to him. Don't let him sneak back door. Don't ball watch and all that kind of stuff. Just take him out of the game. You take away literally half of their offense. Tucson plays a little too wide open, I think, though, to, True. to execute that kind of game. They, they have to change the way they play to execute that kind of game plan. But they do pick up on players uh, when they are coming into the, the, their defensive third. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's why, I mean, to JR's point, that's why that last week's match ended, wasn't it 4-2 was the final. I mean, there's there's a reason six goals were scored in that match, you know. it's Yeah. Both teams are flying. Um, all right, let's get to score predictions because we do have our uh, potential semifinal opponent breakdowns we want to do as well. So um, we'll go reverse order. I'll start. Uh, I predict that this one will end in a uh, a – Three to one Tucson victory. Um, I think was it Rich? I don't remember now. I said reverse order, and I don't remember who was next. So I'm gonna go to Rich. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be pretty similar to you. I'm gonna go uh, FC Tucson uh, three to two. All right. uh, Jr. Um, that that three to one Tucson win sounds good to me too. And I'm gonna. Uh, I think the magic runs out for Tucson, 
I think we get the uh, trick version of Trick or Treat Tucson. And uh, I think, you know, Richmond squeaks out a one nothing win to uh, continue to haunt our dreams. You're willing to burn that bridge with FC Tucson? You just bought up snacks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Can I be honest? Well, part, of me, part of me wants it to be the revenge tour for us. Uh, I mean, I, I will say, I'll say a few things. One, kind of keep this pot interesting, guys. Two, um, I don't know. I don't know on this thing, right? Like, I'm rooting for Tucson. Un- undoubtedly, I'm rooting for Tucson. Um, but I don't know. I just, uh, I think, I think the five seed discredits Richmond, who was, again, the hottest team in the league until they came to Omaha with one game left to play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, or with two games left to play in the season. I'm like, yeah. it's just, it's, uh, but they, then they are, gave up six goals know. in two games. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, from, you know, from uh, this, this, this team struggled incredibly defensively on the road this year. Night and I mean, look, I'm, I'm no, uh, I'm no Stephen A. Smith, so I'm not going to sit here and like actually argue this take because <laughs> I do. I, I think, I think it's just as likely as Tucson. But like, I don't know. I think Tucson will probably win, but I'm being contrarian just for interest of this audio format. So Ben, <laughs> let me ask you this, since you yeah. raised a, a valid point there with Richmond being the hottest team going down the stretch, losing to Union Omaha and getting that uh, five seed in the playoffs. Do you think going to Tucson and losing the way they did opened up a blueprint for them to take advantage of them this weekend? Or do you think Tucson is overmatched? Is overmatching them? Boy, it's hard to say, right? Like, which which Tucson is there? Like, let's take the version of Tucson that beat us, right? That was a team that, like took a damp rag and squeezed every single drop of defensive moisture out of that rag to, to, to hold on to beat us and needed a, a improbably missed penalty um, to, to even get away with, you know, uh, not ben, a that was a, that was a 13 V 11 game. <laughs> it, it, really was, was. it was. Yeah, no, no, no. It, right. But like, okay. So that's the best version of Tucson. And then they're out here, like, beating the pants off of them. But they're also losing games willy-nilly. Like, I just think they're inconsistent, right? I think um, I, it's just it's hard to say who's going to show up for them, right? Like, their form is all over. But not so much at home because they are very – they're in, like Chattanooga. They're pretty dominant at home. Yeah, but we've never lost there, so I've never watched them be bad at home. <laughs> well, don't, don't forget they, they just they lost two 0 at home to North Carolina just a few weeks ago. They did, yeah. yeah. I, I, and and I think that that is like the perfect thing right there. Like when they put it together, they're a really good League One team. They're not in the best of the league. So like I I don't know. It's just here. Let's uh, I'm pulling up the, the form chart here. And that uh, match against North Carolina, they had an early red card, didn't they? Yeah. It was it was first half, and I was yeah. But they have a player that. with the. I mean, they have like the most red cards in the league. They do, yeah. I I would say it this way for me, of the three teams that are left, Tucson uh, of that could be our potential opponents uh, in the semifinal. Um, Tucson's the team that scares me the least. They really? they beat us. They Absolutely. Beat us, 
They beat us 1-0 in a stadium that our guys have played in one other time and most of that team never even played in, you know, in a competitive match. They Neutral, uh, neutral venue. They got neutral venue, a win against us on a fluky penalty that they were given and a, like Ben said, an improbably missed penalty from Dami that – he Dami gets that one inch the other way and it goes in and we're talking about that being a draw and it never even is a big concern to us. I I would say Richmond's not in the playoffs. <laughs> well, I, I think that Richmond Richmond scares me because yes, we beat them two nil, but they also have had a chance to play at Warner Park against us and it like you said, Rich. It took them until it took us until late in that match to get those two goals. And that second one, you know, it was it was a really well played ball. But you know, at that point, they were pushing because they needed a goal to try and get the draw and get points. Yeah. And so Richmond it then was pushing forward. It took moments of magic for us to win that game. Yeah, and and, and we're not always reliable in generating those. And I don't trust them. it. I don't trust us against North Texas all the time. That's what I mean. We we don't, don't we we've had stop. like they're they can be a great team when they decide to be. Yeah. So, all right. Um, let's let's get to our our semifinal opponent potential semifinal. Opponent let's let's just let let's just say one last thing about Tucson. In the okay. third game of the year, they lost five one to Fort Lauderdale. What fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so our our three potential opponents could be uh, either Tucson, Richmond, or North Texas. We have no way to play the three seed. Um, so should should uh, Chattanooga beat North Texas, they're going to Greenville, and we get the winner of the Tucson-Richmond match. So I uh, am going to have you guys go in lowest to highest seed. So I'm going to start with North Texas, which is Ben's team. Ben, let's start with why should we want to face North Texas? What are the reasons we want to see them? Let's start with uh, we've never lost to North Texas. Um, let me let me add as well. I'm super glad North Texas made the playoffs. They've been by far the best two team in the league. They've been one of the best teams every year, the three seasons they've been in this league. And I think of all the teams we're going to lose to the MLS Reserve League, they are the only one that we're truly losing. Yeah, so, I, I've said it many times. I said it last week even. North Texas, if you were walking into this league and you saw the branding, you saw everything about North Texas, you would have no idea that they're an MLS 2 team. That they respect the team. They do everything they can. Yes, they drop guys down, but they drop guys down because they care about the that academy team. Uh, but everything they've that that FC Dallas has done with that team has been top notch. So, yep. Well, well said. Um, Okay. Thing two, this game is happening the 13th of November in Omaha, Nebraska at 4 PM in the afternoon. Let me, let me read you the countries that the people from point of point of, uh, we actually are playing at 430 now. Wait, really? Yeah. I bought 26 tickets. Anyway, all right. So, <laughs> one, let's assume everybody there is from Texas, right? And then you have the following countries. Um, uh, I'm not sure this country, actually. Tanzania, 
Brazil, Ghana, Mexico, France, uh, England, uh, every, you know, best friend of the pod, Alex Bruce, uh, Mexico, Portugal are the countries. And then uh, Guinea-Bissau, I'm not familiar with it. But anyway, uh, it's a Portuguese uh, uh, calling. My, my point is, I don't think this is a collection of individuals who uh, are going to love going to play soccer on a brutally cold afternoon in gray, gray Nebraska. And we're going to get our random warm days this weekend because it's supposed to be like close to 70 on Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Yep. Which Beautiful. means the following weekend, it's going to be like 42 at kickoff. You know it. <laughs> yeah, which right? Is perfect, and that, which, which is perfect for my friend coming into town from Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and John, you think your friend's going to be happy and want to spend a lot of time outside and do their best when they're outside? Uh, well, he's he's coming to the game, so he better put a <laughs> smile on his face. <laughs> he's going to complain about the cold up there. Nah, he's a trooper. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Not trying to make your friend the villain here. I I think the point. I, have a lot of young kids who are maybe not loving being out in the cold. Yeah. Um, sure. Our goalkeeper, Golden Gloves winner, has never given up a goal to a non-MLS player. For North uh, Texas or in general? Yeah, 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 yeah. Play, playing for North Texas. Yeah. Ben, can I play and, devil's uh, advocate? Yes, please. Oh, always. My reasons are very weak. <laughs> you mentioned cold weather, but when Madison came to Omaha, it was a really cold evening. And maybe it was just a fluky night because you knew Omaha did not look very good at all that evening. Do you think that is a precursor for what we're going to see on the 13th? You know, I think that was one of the most, we looked terrible, right? Like we looked so bad. Um, you know, you can want to give our podcast as much credit as you want for Madison's performance, but like, <laughs> you know, if you'd put one of us out there at left back for Madison, like you know, the outcome might not have been that different. We played a really bad game. Um, that was one of the most bizarre regular season games we've ever played. I yeah. agree. I believe so. Like, I, I, it's hard to write it off. Now, was that also one of the most awfully I've ever been outside? Yes. Um, I don't think the two things are related, but I think it's a reasonable. That said, we're going to have a half or whatever a month acclimated to cold weather. Yeah, I mean, do you think they're uh, going to pull more guys down? No, not to travel. Although, although, won't Dallas's season be over? Maybe we'll get a lot more guys. Hasn't yeah, it actually I, already been over? I, yeah, I don't think they made – or they're not in the playoff, are they? Playoffs for – You don't think uh, Pepe shows up, do you? Uh, isn't there – Oh, a, God, like, please if no. I, if I recall, there is a rule, and this was this was talked a lot about back when the team was in a trailer, um, that there is a rule that you have to have played X number of games before you can play in the playoffs. And so the two teams can't just like stack the roster and go on a run. Like, and it's well, yeah. They, I don't like, think they can pull Pepe down. Yeah, I don't uh, but think like, 
But I don't. And yeah, that's like, too... you're, you're talking about Manchester United and Manchester City and Liverpool battling for his rights. I doubt FC Dallas are going to risk that paycheck yeah. <laughs> for a USL League One semifinal game. FC I... Dallas are currently in 11th place in the Western Conference. They are not going to make the playoffs. No. So here's the thing, though. I don't know what guys from their for their first team have even played for North Texas enough to be considered brought down. So I just you said non MLS players, but they have MLS players that could come down. So that's the big question. But yes, I, I no, I think that's I think that's true. Um, I think really, um, I think we should get answer for that and find out who's eligible on their playoff roster. That seems like a lot of work. Guys that have played for both teams this year. Please do. Um, Give me a minute to remember some names. Great. I'll give my. I'll (laughs) give my other. I'll give my final reason. uh, While Jared is looking up, so the biggest thing, the reason I like this is, I want you guys to think back to a night in August of twenty twenty. Evan Conway scored a goal for a one nothing win, first win in club history. Who was our opponent then? I believe it was North Texas soccer club. And so I like I like the symmetry of that, and that we can uh, end North League One. I like that. All right, I can handle this. Yeah, Jared, did I I give you enough time? It's coming full circle. You did. I, be- I believe the five players that have played for um, both for both teams, and you'll recognize a couple of them. They played against us even as recently as they played against us as recently as this past weekend. So the two names you'll probably recognize are Cleo Medicar and um, Eddie Manjoma. Okay. Or is that? Uh, yeah, Eddie Manjoma. They but they they're the only two that have been playing with them regularly as of late. Uh, Nikosi Burgess has played a couple of games for them, but he's um, he's mostly been with FC Dallas this year. Um, okay. And uh, Freddie yeah. Vargas and Nikki Hernandez both have time, right? I don't think Nikki Hernandez has played for FC Dallas. He's maybe suited up. I don't think he's made an appearance. Freddie Vargas, yeah, definitely has, but Freddie Vargas definitely has, but it's been very spotty. And maybe yeah. maybe their poor form in MLS is also not only, allowed. Only them. 22 total starts for um, North Texas players that have played with FC Dallas this year. Yeah, that and that's – I mean, clearly this is not the same group that, you know, won the title the first year and uh, were very good last year when they pulled some people down. I mean, these, they've, they've, they've changed – a lot of those guys got pulled up, got sold on. You know, they they cashed in on those things. So, all right, Ben, why don't we want to face North Texas? Uh, it's North Texas. <laughs> they have tons of talent. Really hot. They are mean on the pitch. Yes. As I mentioned, this will be now the third time I've mentioned this. Uh, John Murphy. Uh, one penalty to draw them in the final game of the season. In, a game in which, uh, admittedly, neither team, it, but like, you know, it's been a long time since we. I believe the last time we beat them was that. Penalty. 
Uh, yeah, I think you're right. All right. So, that's all I got. Fair enough. All right, let's go. Uh, I, when I text this to everybody, I said the Richmond kickers for rich, and then I said, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it was not meant it to be that way. I just realized that I'm like, oh, I gave Rich the Richmond kickers. So, Rich. Oh, I thought question. that was planned. No, it was not. It was, I made it <laughs> seem like it was planned, but no. Um, all right, I'm going to say same first question. Why do we want to play Richmond in a uh, semifinal? Richmond is not uh, as strong on the road. Um, so I went back and looked at each of their matches against uh, current playoff teams. Um, they'd played 10 matches against uh, current playoff teams, uh, five on the road, five at home. Away, they won twice and lost three. Uh, they were pretty consistent, both home and away. Uh, they scored six at home, seven on the road. Uh, but the difference is getting goals scored against them. At home, they had four goals scored against them. On the road, they have had nine goals scored against them. Mm. So uh, even though they have Akira Fitzgerald in the net, um, it hasn't been working out too well for them against top competition. That being said, it's also worth looking at the fact that if you look at the minutes and the amount of time that they've either been losing, drawing, or winning – against these current playoff teams on the road playing that competition they have only been winning 11.6 percent of the total minutes they have played against uh the other clubs so that would definitely support why i would want to play them um another reason is when the other team uh scores their response is actually really slow. It takes almost a half an hour for them to, uh, to return a goal. Now, they did have a couple of matches uh, um, where they did have some quick responses, especially when you look at last week against Tucson, where they scored, um, you know, uh, seven minutes after Tucson did. Um, but if you look at all of the matches, I mean, it takes half an hour for them to really respond when usually you would expect when within five to six minutes. Um, so you're saying scoring the 85th minute again? Exactly, yes. Perfect. Why I don't want to play them yeah. is exactly what you just said. It took us all the way until the 85th and the 88th minute to score against them. And the goals that we have uh, played against them in history – the, I'm sorry, the, the matches we've played against them in history have been low-scoring affairs. Um, you know, we just played them, defeated them 2-0. Earlier this summer, on June 19th, uh, we drew them 1-1. Last year, on September 26th, we lost to them 1-0. That was the first loss at Warner Park. Um, so each have been very low-scoring affairs, and... Just as you guys have noted, they're a hot team. They defend all the way to the 90th minute. I mean, they're going to play a solid Lee. You know, it it was interesting uh, because then I said, if we can beat them at home in in that regular season match, I felt a lot better about them coming to Omaha in a a potential semifinal. Um, And part of it was what Ben has told me many times, which is we had never beaten Richmond prior to that grand out of three matches, but still like to, you know, we had a loss and a draw and it wasn't looking good. They had one of the best goalkeepers in the league. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not a team 
I would like to see in a semifinal, but we have them there. And if I'm going a little further into this, um, if you look at the total goal scored against, or I'm sorry, for Richmond, Emiliano Terzaki's had 18, so obviously he won the golden boot. The rest of his teammates combined had 16 goals. When he played against uh, the current playoff teams in those 10 matches I was talking about, he scored six times and only had two assists. Of those six goals, three of them were penalties. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, um, yeah, and, you know, here's the thing, too, is them coming to a semifinal, this may go for the why for me, but them coming here for a semifinal, that'll be their second road match, and they had gone twice to Tucson and then have to come to Omaha to the two farthest West teams. So they're by far, if they make the semifinal, have the most travel of any team. Yeah. (laughs) All right. JR, FC Tucson, the four seed that's left. Why do we want to play FC Tucson in the semifinal? Well, the the low-hanging fruit is that we've kind of owned them. We've played them six times the last 15 months, and we've won five. Um, and that's just because we, we match up with them very well. They play a very wide open, uh, very wide open scheme that is uh, very susceptible to the counter. So it's been our bread and butter this year, scoring early on the counter. And lately it's been scoring more, but early in the season, we can score early on the counter and just, you know, keep blocking shots and lead to a win. Um, Tucson's open play that was kind of a double-edged sword because we've not been very well. We've not done very well. Um, not done very well whenever we concede the first goal. I don't think we won a single game this year when we conceded first. Now, if we've um, if we score and then give up some sort of quick equalizer, we we're fine. We typically rebound from those. But mm-hmm. playoff atmosphere, if we give up the first goal because they're because they can, they can honestly attack from different directions. Korf, uh, Shaq Adams, Charlie Dennis, even Geo Clickstro. He's, um, he, I don't think he's been playing regularly lately, but they definitely have multiple options and multiple directions they can attack you from. But I, I trust our defense to, you know, the king of blocking shots. I, I mm-hmm. trust them to, I trust them to hold that, especially if we can get a quick counter goal, which playing at Werner instead of Morrison, that's, that's that's what this team was designed for. Yeah. Well, and you may remember this better than was that a Walls first or second game back? Um, the game in Morrison. Yeah, that was pretty early with him coming back too. Um, remind me. It may have been his, play. I think it was his we, first one back in Omaha. No, he. It might have been his first start. He had subbed on a couple yeah. times. Okay. That probably wasn't what it was. I think he subbed on a couple times at home. Then we went on the road. I forget who we played. That might have been. Yeah, I can't remember who um, we played. I just remember us looking very disjointed and felt like that was part of the issue early on. And then the refing didn't help anybody's situation. Well, yeah, I should the, have had the entire back line was kind of being rotated at that point. Jake had missed a couple games. I think he took a knock. Blake was starting to get his footing again because he'd started playing more, but he wasn't, he hadn't, I don't think exactly solidified his, some full-time minutes back then yet. It was, um, we were definitely, it was definitely the, uh, 
the most inconsistent stretch of our season when it came to the, the center backs mm-hmm. and who was getting minutes. All right. I agree with you there. Uh, did you have anything else about why we want to face them? Um, I think I kind of jumbled the why and why not together. So, um, okay. yeah, fair enough. but again, it's, we've been, we've been playing some shootouts lately. It's been, hasn't historically been our forte, but it's starting to become that way. And Tucson's susceptible to playing in shootouts both ways. So JR, I think Ben included this in one of his, uh, data dumps earlier this season. When Union Omaha plays against a club that likes to foul, Union Omaha tends not to do as well. Do you think that... This is a guest guest post from Tim, but anyway. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, do you think that would ring true again if they had to play? Well, it's, it's definitely how they played it at Morrison. So, mm-hmm. um, I, it's, it's funny that that's how it worked at Morrison with a bigger pitch. You would think that it's that's easier to to do at a place like Warner, where it's you're on top of each other. It doesn't take yep. a whole lot more effort to just get in, just get in front of a guy and foul him. But again, in that game too, the the officiating the officiating mm-hmm. kind of helped that a little bit because we got some guys that if if the refs not calling some obvious fouls um, for us, we're we sometimes get a little you know get a little bit of a temper and just just go straight and foul back it's yeah that's it 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 it, it tends it tends to lead to a downward spiral to a game sometimes yeah and that's what i was gonna say too jared's i mean i think the biggest problem with that match in morrison was tucson i think if that was played in morrison or at warner park tucson came in with the game plan of heavy tackles and as the game wore on and they were getting away with those things they just kept at it, and then our guys get frustrated because it's not getting called, and they're not getting good responses from the ref as to why they're not getting called. And then we would get we would have a foul that seemingly wasn't as harsh, at least the way the crowd reacted. And then they would call he would call a free kick from that foul, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was it was things like that. I think that it just built up, and I think that's why our guys look so out of sorts because they felt like everything was kind of against them outside of the fact that they were, they had a really great crowd that night. Um, even if it's, even if it's only been, even, even if it's only been like six weeks since that game, mm-hmm. we've been, we've looked a lot more loose oh. and a lot, played a lot more open. Well, let's just look at, too. let's just look at the, I mean, so the game before that was our two, two draw at North Texas. Um, then we we lose at home to Tucson. We go on the road and beat uh, Tormenta four mm-hmm. nil. We come home and beat Fort Lauderdale four one. Lose one nil to Greenville, in another frustrating match. But then turn around on that one, win four to one. Lose two to one to Madison, and then turn you know. Then we had their last two matches. We won two nil and drew one one. So I mean, yeah, I I think that. Whatever happened that night, we were disjointed, but they came out of it and scored eight goals in the next two matches. Well, and, and we caught Tucson at the tail end of their real hot streak. After yeah. They're not the same team that they, that they were that night right now, even even with an impressive win to end the season against Richmond. They've they've been very up and down since then. That was that was the end of a really good streak for them. Yeah. Well, and as, as Rich pointed out and J.R., you pointed out earlier, Richmond on the road hasn't been fantastic either, so – 
them get catching Richmond four two at home. If that was played in Richmond instead, that might have been a different looking match too. So, um, all right, a couple more things before we get out of here and uh, have. Hey Ben, it might only be a seventy five minute or against. Um, hey, it's you and me. It's always going to be seventy five minutes. Right. Right? <laughs> all right. So uh, this this question, if so, I, I assume all of us feel would. Being on a Union Omaha podcast, obviously we want our team to win the cup this year. But we do want the cup. <laughs> if, have that. if for some reason we are not in the final or we lose in the final, who do you think would win the cup? And second question, who would you want to see win it if it's somebody different? Uh, let's start, Ben. All right. I'm going to start with the second question. First, I, I mean, I, I think it's not exactly ours to lose, but the the road the road to the final goes through Omaha, right? We win yeah. we win two home games and we lift the trophy. Um, I think if it's not us, I think it's probably Greenville, closely followed by Chattanooga, and followed a little bit further back by. Richmond, but if it's not us, I would want to see Tucson or North Texas lift it because uh, I I like Tucson and then just the insufferability of Chattanooga or Greenville or Richmond uh, lifting that trophy on our field would be too much. I would not be able to take it. Like if if I would I would rather lose Thirteenth, and then lose the final. Well, we wouldn't have to worry about losing to Richmond in the final because that means we would play them in the semifinal. Yeah, fair enough. So, okay, we, uh, could, JR. we, we could play. We could play Richmond home in a final. Well, I guess technically we could. Yeah. Yeah, North Texas wins, and yeah, yeah we're for sure. That's true. We for sure. That's could. true. Um, if it's not Union Omaha, um. If it's not Union Omaha, I honestly think it could be North Texas. I Greenville's Greenville's on a real hot streak right now, but last time they had last time they had a considerable amount of time between games, it didn't go well for them. <laughs> they had 17 days off, and then I think they almost had 17 weeks without a win. It seems like, but um, <laughs> so I honestly think it could be North Texas, but um, I wouldn't want to see North Texas win, even if. Even if, as, as Ben's alluded to, they've been the two team that actually gave a damn, I'd still think I'd rather see one of either Tucson or Richmond. I don't. I wouldn't mind seeing Richmond lift the cup, uh, just because like we've had some fun with Akira Fitzgerald and road games before. He's been he's one of the good ones. I wouldn't mind if he got to if he got to lift it. After uh, after last week with uh, the bug eaters nonsense, uh, I would be happy if you know. Richmond goes a few years without even uh, whatever rivalry cups they are part of. I don't even think that guy was – was he a Richmond fan? I thought he was Madison. No, no, he's a Richmond fan. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. My, just, my buddy David? Yeah. Just be the random. Yeah, the guy. And, hope that they have to hope that, and just hope that they have really bad winter weather just so, just so life is miserable for a few months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Right, and, uh, you know, the guys out there calling Greg Hurst names, 
even after uh, Greg Hurst is made up with other people who are calling him names, I'm not a fan. Well, you, you hate who you don't have, so. Okay. All right, Rich, what's your uh, what's your response? Who do you think will win? Who do you want to see win? Uh, I think it would be North Texas. Um, I don't want it to be them because I don't want to see an MLS two team uh, take the cup in their last you know year in it. Um, as far as who is I, who I would want, oh man, that's tough. Um, oh man, <laughs> this is a really it's a real tough question. Yeah. I'll go. Man, that's such a tough one. Um, I will go with. Uh, Chattanooga. I don't know. <laughs> All right. You're never allowed on this podcast again. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> that, that, that means you're not <laughs> it's like, it's like, All right. Which of your mortal enemies would you like to kill you? <laughs> All right. I'll um, say this. Go, going to. um. Uh, Ryan, I'll let you. I'll let you answer first. Okay, I was just say. I think if we don't win it, I agree. I think North Texas because I think if we're not winning it, it's because we're losing a semifinal. I, I think if we have a final in Warner Park, it's going to be really hard to beat us in a final. Those guys are going to be amped. Who would I want to see? Uh, honestly, I'd love to see Richmond win it. They're the longest uh, oh. the club that's been around the longest. Uh, I really respect Elliot and the things that he's done for their supporters stuff. Um, also, no Bants FC would have to eat eat it for a while because their uh, Henny Derby rivals would be uh, carrying around a cup. So I don't think that I would hate it too much to see the kickers win the the cup if uh, if we don't. Now, yes, I would absolutely hate it if they lifted that on, on our turf. That would. Drive, but it would drive me insane if anybody beats us in the final. So, uh, all right, Jared, what were you gonna say? So I was this gonna say. Um, I was gonna say so. Um, so I went with Luke and a couple of others to Chattanooga for our away game there, and um, for the most part, the more vocal fans that were sitting closer to us, they were they were fun. They're fun to they're fun to chatter with, but. Um, there was this one real annoying old guy that every time one of Chattanooga's players had a bone crushing foul, because that's how Chattanooga plays. They, for some reason was th- kept thinking that they were flopping and kept on calling us Oma flop. And he picked, oh these real, he picked these real weird times when he thought nobody, like nobody else was going to say something. So we'd be able to hear him. And I finally, so I hope, I hope this guy's listening. Um, he probably <laughs> is, but I finally told Everybody him. Everybody, we know this. I, prob- I probably told him. I finally told him around like the 85th minute. We were losing. It looked like, you know, we were trying hard, but it was just not looking good right now. And I wanted to have some fun with him. And when it got quiet, I said, you know, the better term is Oma flop, right? You're, you can't even come up with the right, with the right dance. And that, that got more laughs than any of his Oma flop stuff. And he... <laughs> He shut up, because Fatmaha is the better. Fatmaha is the better word. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, so, is, it is the superior portmanteau. So I hope I hope Chattanooga doesn't win just because of that guy. 
So hey, yeah. that guy. If Chattanooga doesn't win, if Chattanooga doesn't win, it's all your fault. I, yeah, that's uh, how I feel about Richmond. I want them not to win just because that one guy. I don't want them to win for so many reasons, but that is a really good one. I've, uh man, God, yeah, I don't know. I can't. I don't want to see that team lifting that cup. Not after the end of the the way their season ended and the way they played throughout the season. I just can't see it. You know what? I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna root for if it's not Omaha. I'm gonna root for Richmond because I would love for Taylor Rockwell and the Total Soccer Show guys to come out to Omaha for the final and to hang out with us. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I tweeted at them and didn't get a response. Sad face. But hopefully a shout-out in the actual podcast will get their way and they'll respond that way. There we go. Uh, we'll, we'll try and tag them when we, uh, we post this bad boy. So, yeah. um, All right. We have uh, gone over 80 minutes, which is pretty good since there's four of us. Um, so I think – I think uh, I think Ben. I think you have one final question for everybody. I do. I do. Who gives a hoot? We do. We do. We do. Uh, 